Hello and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Well, we had a day of summer. One day of summer, that's all you get. <laughs> it's supposed to snow here tomorrow, so that's fun. Oh, man. Yeah, you all are both getting snow this weekend, aren't you? Uh, yeah, I think it's possible. We also had hail, like, day before yesterday. My gosh. I've only ever experienced hail as, like, something that just happens for, like, a couple minutes. But this just, like, it hailed for, like, it was a while. It was, like, a solid wow. hour of hail. <laughs> like, it's just, what's going on? That's scary. <laughs> is this the end times? Is this train <laughs> rain? What's going on? No, I, I have been following the train derailment situation closely because i was very worried with uh, uh, us here in huntington right on the ohio river yeah but um but they diverted our we were getting our drinking water from the guy dot now so just in case well just in that's, cases that's good right so all, as far as we know all is well and i guess it's a better option is it a good option <laughs> i guess that's yet to be seen I don't know. Everybody keeps referencing a movie called White Noise and a book called White Noise. Yeah. I, I'm not I familiar with it. I have seen those references to that book and movie, but I do not know what it's about. I don't know. And I'm like, should I seek this out or will that alarm me? <laughs> I mean, it sounds like it's just that is the plot of of those those pieces of media is the thing we're currently experiencing. So maybe you don't need to seek it out. Just watch the news. Yeah. I know. I've read a lot of things about it. And what I, ca- what I think we know right now is we don't know. That's what we know. We don't know. Hmm. We don't know if there will be or what they will be long-term effects. We don't know. So. Is that lack of knowledge comforting to you all? Uh, no. <laughs> I just generally feel like a lack of knowledge about most things is my constant state. Um, I'm just constantly just reading, you know cases in law books from 150 years ago so that's kind of where my brain goes and you know what sometimes it's not that different (laughs) when people say i don't know i find it extremely comforting because i think they're telling the truth i think that generally especially people in positions of authority don't like to admit when they don't know they like to make stuff up over saying they don't know because if you don't know it's like all of a sudden People question like, well, are you competent? Is it because you didn't like you didn't do enough work to figure it out? So when someone just like openly says like, I, you know, I don't know. I feel like, ah, that's genuine. I'm comforted by your honesty, even if we don't know. Well, and I don't know. I think being able to say I don't know is a sign of confidence. Like that's somebody mm-hmm. that probably does know their stuff because somebody who can comfortably say, you know what? I don't actually know that. Like, especially if it relates to their field, it probably they're like, yeah, I know I'm qualified and I know what I'm supposed to know. So you've presented me with a piece of information I do not know. I'd mm-hmm. like to know that. I think it's a, it's a sign of a like somebody that's good at their job. <laughs> I think so, too. I, I always tell students and residents that, that the I am never scared by a resident or student asking me a million questions. Um, I'm scared by the ones who don't ask any questions. Yeah. Because if you have no, if you walk in the door and you have no questions about anything, something's wrong. You're missing something. You're doing something wrong. There's no way. There's something you don't know. There has to be. This is too, it's too big for you to know it all. Yeah. I've been training in a new uh, restaurant job and I've, I've, 
I, I just go by the philosophy of it's better to ask a stupid question than to make a stupid mistake. So mm-hmm. I ask I a lot that. of questions. Yeah, right? Yeah. In, in my field, that's like life or death. That's true. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree with that completely. Um, um, I, I just wanted to tell everyone that I found the theater kid group at law school. Oh, no. And we are, have our show tonight. It's the day mm-hmm. of the show, y'all. Um, and the final number of the show to sketch like comedy parody variety show. So it's got like lots of little bits. Um, mm-hmm. but the last number is a parody of the four non blonde song. What's going on or what's up or whatever it's called. You know, the one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's called forgive my loans. And I get to, <laughs> I get to sing it and it's pretty good. So <laughs> I'm very excited about the existence of this. <laughs> can we hear just like a sample? Just like yeah. maybe the chorus? Well, I mean, I like I you, do the, you do the, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. And then I said, hey, forgive my loans. Okay. <laughs> I was anticipating that. <laughs> the rest of the lyrics are actually the same. It's, yeah, just it's, that. <laughs> it's just the chorus over and over again. No one else knows the rest of that song anywhere. Everyone else just, everyone just knows the chorus, so. No, there is more. Um, yeah. Do you do any like commentary pieces? Um, I mean, they're all supposed to be funny, but like, there's one called "Anti-Female." That's a parody of "Anti-Hero," but it's about mm-hmm. the Dobbs case. Oh, I like it. There was a line in it that directly referenced Clarence Thomas, but mm-hmm. he used to teach at my school. So we had to get rid of it. So they censored you? They censored us. Wow. To be fair. Censored you. It said, uh, while Clarence Thomas rots in 18 double hockey sticks. <laughs> so I think it's fair they did that. We make other jokes about him in the show, but not as, uh, uh, I want to say aggressive. Not as aggressive, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Wow. Mm. So, so are you going to record like an uncensored version to share with people <laughs> later? I'm just going to, we have a, like a recorded version of the show and I'm just going to do a little voiceover of just me saying Clarence Thomas instead Commentary. of where the line is. <laughs> Here's what they didn't want you to see. <laughs> it's the Riley cut. <laughs> Unedited, unfiltered. It's five and a half hours long. <laughs> <laughs> uh well, is the cast party going to be at Oliver's afterwards? Or, or um, <laughs> That's the thing about DC, man, is we, we, there are none of those big, huge, you know, chains, like big ones for us to go oh, to. Like big, they're like there. big size. Hold on. Hold on. Google. Not down where we are. Applebee's. I, in DC, I was, I'm sure they're there. Not they're just down, all sequestered somewhere. Yeah, not down where we are. A lot of those restaurants are over by like Union Station or. Uh, I have so many Applebee's locations in Washington DC right now. Well, not but so not many, the but the world's there are largest Applebee's. That's in New York exactly. City. <laughs> no, one of our um, directors. I got I got reviews. I don't know that they're great, but they exist. <laughs> I want to meet the kind of person that's like, you know what? I got to write a review for this. This Applebee's is much <laughs> The people need to know. People don't know what to expect when they walk into an Applebee's. So they got to know. So I got to tell them. 
hey, Tay, may I may I humbly suggest, and now now everybody's going to know about this. There is a group um, that I am a member of because it's a local group, so not everyone may be interested. But it is called West Virginia Area Restaurant Reviews oh. on Facebook, and it is people. I mean, sometimes they're reviewing restaurants that are like local to, and it's all of West Virginia, so it's not just our area. But like, there are a lot of reviews of Taco Bell or an Arby's or an Applebee's or any other variety of fast food or sit down chain restaurants. And like, now I know that there are certain Taco Bells that are on point in this state and certain Taco Bells that mm, just aren't showing up, you know? Like, I know that now. <laughs> I mean, I think if you uh, partake in Taco Bell in Huntington long enough, there's only like three, like in the actual like city limits of Huntington. So you're going to have opinions once you've had Mm -hmm. from all three. I guess so. But there's four now. Four. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Wow. I've only been there's the one down in the West End. There's the one, the new one in Kinetic Park. There's the one on Fifth Avenue. And then there's the one out Route 60. Do you know what I discovered (laughs) exists not far from where I live now? Mm -hmm. A Taco Bell cantina where I can go get get liquor put in my Baja Blast. (laughs) Get Baja Blasted. (laughs) That's the new one at Kinetic Park. It's a a cantina. No, it's not. Those cantinas are fun. Sid, no. It is. It says it on the sign. I've been there. But it says it's a cantina. No, it cantina in name only. Where's it's, the booze? They don't have booze. They're also not open like half the time. Dad has very strong opinions about that Taco Bell. <laughs> is he, is he ghostwriting some of these reviews? <laughs> Probably. He would. You know, I was going to say that is, I, I have heard so many like intense reviews about like an Arby's in Huntington from dad. Like, let me mm-hmm. tell you about this Arby's. You know, it's well, service we, there. Yeah. We got him turned on to that group. We were like, Dad, you would love this he group. Would. And he does. He loves reading those reviews in that group. Um, he should have put his Kentucky Fried Nothing review in there. Oh, man. <laughs> Burn. That would have that would have done so well in that group. Long, long story short, Dad went to a KFC and they were out of some stuff. <laughs> that was it. They were out of chicken. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think they were out of chicken. They were out of all gonna... of like the non-tendered chicken. Yes. So like all of the actual like pieces, I yeah, I don't know. I was there and I was like nine, and it was one of the most humiliating moments of my life to watch my father (laughs) say, "This isn't a Kentucky Fried Chicken. This is a Kentucky Fried Nothing." (laughs) I still have nightmares about it. (laughs) He was a Karen before we knew what they were. Oh no! What's a guy Karen again? We talked about this. Is it Kevin? Kevin, that's what I've seen. Yeah. I think it's Kevin. Okay. Well, that's not... That's that not we've spent too much time about. on Kentucky Fried Nothing. Um, no, we're talking about an album of music by an artist I like called Lizzie McAlpine, and it's called Five Seconds Flat. Um, this came out last year. It came out in April, I believe, of 2022. Um, yeah. It's, it's one of my personal favorites um, to listen to on a regular basis um i liked it too Uh, i we listened to it as well obviously i also checked out i was reading about her and i checked out her tiktok Mm -hmm. is that like did she start there um you know i i think i get her confused with a few others that i watch that also use tiktok to like promote i 
think that she started there by like promoting her stuff that she had already like mm. been writing and like she already had been trying to be you know like a signed singer i was trying to think of the best way to yeah. say that um so i think she used tiktok to like promote it if i'm remembering correctly and i saw some song about how somebody made her hate her favorite band yeah that um blew up as like her first super viral tiktok from what i remember because i remember seeing that and that mm. drove me to go look at the rest of her music um and that's that's uh where the phenomena phenomenon phenomenon of like people posting 30 second snippets of a song that they've written and then leaving that on tiktok and never like writing the rest of it or sharing the rest of it blew up um that was the first one i saw of that so like she wrote this like you know minute long snippet of this song and posted it and then once she released this album everyone was like yelling like you have to record this other one you have to record the 1975 because that's what it's called um mm -hmm. And she is not. Basically said, like, I write a ton of stuff. The ones that I decide to post just because, like, it's what I happen to be working on are not the ones that I like the most or that I even still like. I just happen to put them on social media and now it's all people <laughs> associate with me. So people post songs on TikTok that there really isn't any more to. That's a common thing. Yeah, um, like will say here's a song i've i've written or like been working on but obviously there's a time limit on tiktok and it wasn't until not that long ago that it was expanded to three minutes it used to be like right. a minute um so people would share like a minute of a song or just even like a chorus and then that blows up and it goes super viral and the song you know, or the sound is used by a lot of people and there's like a push to release the whole thing that happened with like do you remember the have you all heard the alphabet one mm -hmm. the a b c d e? yeah that middle part blew up and then it was like okay i'll write the rest of a song no one knows the rest of the song like what? everyone still just knows that chorus <laughs> i feel like that that's a lot of pressure because i feel like i've seen that go sideways a few times where you get like a, a trendy verse on tiktok and then when they finally release the whole song I mean, it, it it seems to be a shared experience of like, oh, the, the rest of the song isn't that good. Yeah. <laughs> like, now, is the is yeah. the A B C D E F U? Mm -hmm. Is that the same song as the uh, as the other one where they're like A B C D E F G H I love you so that one, or now, is that an answer song? Yeah. Or was that somebody stealing that and then making like a? Yeah, that was someone stealing that and making it like a thing. Like, let me flip okay. it. You went to the crazy. Charlie gets upset about the fu one and is like, "No, I the sing the I love you one." <laughs> but does Cooper like the fu one? I was gonna say, there's of one course, for each yeah. of your children. Yeah, the no, none of that's hard enough for Cooper. <laughs> the wildest part is the A B C D E F U girl. That's like before that. I mean, she'd been making TikToks and kind of like promoting her stuff, but she really didn't have like a ton of followers. Um, and I'm pretty sure that was just last year that that she put that out there and that blew up. Um, she is now going on tour with Taylor Swift as one of her openers. Wow. Yeah. That worked out. Really? I know. I know. So there's the power What's of her TikTok. Name? Gail, like G-A-Y-L-E. Hmm. Yeah. That is, wow. is she just one name, mm -hmm. Gail? That's... Just huh. Gail. Hmm. <laughs> that was one of the... 
I mean, one of the things about uh, about uh, Lizzie, I, I keep McAlpine. I keep. I was calling her Lizzie McGuire. Like, no, that's not. <laughs> I know. That's, that's <laughs> like Lizzie McPoyle. No, that's that's. It's always sunny. It's like what is? It, she does not have. I don't want to like. This is not a bad thing. Yeah. Like her name didn't have that sticky like this is a celebrity name ness mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. Like, this is just a person's name. Yeah. It's a good name. There's nothing wrong with it. But. I. It's also one a name that I didn't realize I'd never said out loud before until telling you all to listen to it on the show last week because i mean i've just like seen it on my phone and just talked about her music and usually say like lizzie or like the name of the track or the name of the album um that was the first time i'd ever said her name and then i realized that it has the same structure as your last name sydney but Mm -hmm. not pronounced the same she is not (laughs) mackelpine what if she is mackelpine i feel like (laughs) have you thought about that Maybe it is Macklepine. I, I like the idea that there's just many strains of Mackles out there. There's yeah. the Mackleroys and the Macklepines. Macklemore. I mean, I think my last name, it was not mine first, so I don't get to make this call, but I feel like it should be McElroy. Yeah, you it's know, not. I never understood yeah, why people like that. think that right off the bat, but after looking at her last name, and that's my immediate instinct is to say McAlpine. Like, that makes sense to think mm-hmm. you would then be McElroy. Well, it's not M-A-C, it's M-C. So Mc... Mc... Well, and that's, I mean, phonetically from where the, the name mm-hmm. comes from, that would be the, the traditional pronunciation, right? Yeah, well, I would assume, I would assume. I mean, there are M-A-C's. Like people who do the, but they it's M-A-C mm-hmm. before the whatever else. And yeah. I don't know. But I don't get to. I don't get to decide. I don't think I get to like no. <laughs> get married, take the name, and then change it. Like actually, now that I'm here, <laughs> now that I'm here, this is I'm how gonna you remix say this it. name. Yeah. <laughs> no, I will say I answer to either freely, and I tend to not correct people. There are people like in my professional life who still call me, you know, McElroy, does, and I just does Charlie. Whatever. Does she? Uh, I feel like she has strong feelings about how you say her name. <laughs> Yes, Charlie would correct people yeah. for sure. That makes Char- sense. Charlie would correct you even if she was wrong about something. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Um, so yeah, Lizzie McElpine. Um, <laughs> I like I like her on TikTok. Um, I like her album. The funniest part is that album came out a year ago, almost a year ago now, um, and just recently over the last like month or two one of the songs from it has blown up like exponentially as a tiktok sound and prompted her to make a music video for it just like two weeks ago is that ceiling mm-hmm. yeah oh, the okay. chorus like the because that song has what uh, a lot of people refer to as the plot twist because that song is all about like hanging out with someone and being in love and dri- them driving you home and, you know, all that stuff. But then at the end, it's like, oh, but it's not real and you don't exist. And, you know, I just think about these things yeah. and I don't remember the last time I was kissed and all that. Um, so, like, that plot twist, quote unquote, moment um, in the chorus has blown up as a TikTok sound. Um, I don't know if I've heard that one as a TikTok sound. I was not familiar with any of this music. I was surprised. I had now, I mean, even when I looked her up on TikTok, I had not seen those TikToks. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. I don't listen to a lot of music TikToks. So maybe that's why. Yeah, the sound is sped up. Like the song is sped up in the sound. So, I mean, it's the same, mm-hmm. but it's like high, high speed. Um, but she used the music video to hard launch 
her boyfriend. Um, do you know what a hard? I saw that. Do you know what a hard launch is, Sid? Because you look like you don't. No. It's like, like okay, so like if wait, you, what do you think it yeah, is? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just extrapolate. I mean, it sounds like is she helping his career? Hmm. I mean, well, I guess yeah. If he had a career that would be furthered by being on the internet um, with someone who's popular, yeah. Um, no, it's like if you start dating someone. And if you do a soft launch, it's like maybe you like post a picture of you like holding hands with someone, but like you don't like show their face and like you don't tag someone. But like it's a picture that suggests you're in a relationship, but without Mm -hmm. saying who. But if you hard launch, it's just like out of nowhere on your social media, like, boom, here's me with another person I'm tagging. This is who I'm dating. I mean, is he somebody like, is he somebody who also has notoriety like that? It would be like. No, no, regular people do it too. Yeah. Just like letting social media know you have a partner. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> what? Yeah. I don't, okay, I understand the idea of like becoming social media official, mm-hmm. like putting it out there for people to see. I understand why that would exist. I think what I'm struggling with is the idea that you would need the soft launch because I, oh, any way I say this is going to sound mean. Why Why would the assumption be that everyone else is that? Why no, would they care? Why everyone cares? <laughs> why, I mean, like, yeah. that you would need to soft launch. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, Sid. like the buildup? Like, what? I mean. Because in our horrific capitalist endgame that we live in, everybody's a brand. And so it's like, how is this going to play out in my metrics? I'm going to tease the idea that I have a partner. Ooh, maybe that's not going to play so well. All right, I don't have to commit to it because I just did a soft launch. A hard launch is committing to the bit. Mm-hmm. Nope, I'm incorporating this other person with my brand identity. I have partner. Yeah. That's, that's what that's it exactly is. That's exactly it. But if, but if you don't have a brand... Everyone I mean, does. No, we don't... E- everybody everyone's does. Everyone's a brand. No. Everyone's a brand. Sydney, no. you're a brand. Yes, everyone's a brand. Sydney, you are no. quite literally a brand. Well, I think young people that I grew mean, up I do- with with an awareness of social media presence, have that kind of outlook on it. Like, yes. it is a identity that affects me that I have to have even corporate if, control over. Yeah. Really? Even if it's not, like, a marketable, like, like trying yeah. to make money off of it or make it your career brand. Like, I have a so like I have an internet brand. Like, I have a way that I curate the things that I present about myself online that tells a specific story about me that maybe isn't necessarily, like, all of me when you meet me in person. I mean, it's not fake. It's just not everything. Sure. And that idea is not like I'm not I mean, I'm not naive. Like, I know that that is we've all done that our whole lives, like even pre-internet, like Mm -hmm. you present the version of yourself to other people, whether it's in person or on the phone or on the Internet, whatever that you want other people to see. You try to put the best parts of yourself or the things you are most proud of or like the most out there first and then draw them in before you show them all the wax stuff that you're trying to hide from them mm-hmm. <laughs> like i mean right mm-hmm. like that's how that's how all relationships are kind of formed like you hook them so that once they get to the like oh you like that like it's too late they like you um <laughs> <laughs> is that what i'm doing wrong because i usually lead with the wax stuff because i don't want to like oh, I don't <laughs> trap anybody i mean I, I i don't know i like it's nor i think it is very normal to like there are certainly arenas where i walk in the room and i think like well i'm gonna be I'm, I'm going to be Dr. Sydney in this room. That's who I'm going to be. And I will be 
my doctor self and I won't I won't use profanity in this room and you know I'll chuckle politely at things doctors, I, don't, I don't know doctors don't curse and they <laughs> chuckle you know what I mean like I think we've all done that I think what's interesting to me is the idea of codifying that into the concept of a brand well I mean it's it's like a curated self is yeah. is what you're putting on the internet it's not I think what you're talking about is more like having restraint when like in pop in, in proper situations you know mm-hmm. limiting your language stuff like that you're not yeah. necessarily curating an identity that you would like to be perceived as whereas the okay. separation on the internet kind of allows that and i guess that's a curated identity is kind of a brand mm-hmm. yeah that's uh i mean i i recognize again i recognize that we do we do podcasts and obviously we talk about certain things and we have certain per I, uh, this is not a personality like this is just me but like it is I don't know. I mean, I understand all that. Mm -hmm. And so I understand like the things I talk about on the internet and the things I talk about in public fit with all of the other ideas and thoughts I've put forth in my various media outlets. So I get, I get all that, but in my personal life, I don't know. It's harder for me to like, like on my Facebook, which is just my people I actually know, you know, like in real life, like actual family and friends, I don't, it's just stuff. You know well, what I mean? I don't think about it. Now, like, now, Sid, I don't include Facebook in the list of social medias where people start to curate their their brand because that's not necessarily I, a popular tool among the youths. I don't. Well, where do you go then? Instagram, like, I, TikTok, not even really Twitter anymore. You know, no, Twitter's bust. Um, what did Snapchat like hit and fade because i feel like i don't hear about that as much now that twitter's here or uh, tiktok yeah i mean it's like i feel like people still use it to communicate like it's become a go-to for me and some of my friends to have like a group message via snapchat because not everyone has like an iphone so you can make a little snapchat group message and that works um but in terms of like content and stuff i feel like that is rapidly become less popular with tiktok it's just a lot of like sharing tiktoks honestly yeah but it's too visual. I I don't see. That's the problem. That's the thing. Like, Everything's visual. Like people don't. Miss, when you're scrolling, no one wants to stop and read. We are simple creatures. <laughs> I'm be. I'm just being honest. I don't want to stop and read. It's true. I like the pretty pictures. I well, feel obsolete in that in that realm though because I don't want to share images. I want. I mean, like. Well, that's not I how you share use like social media, and I, that's okay. Yeah. Well, but I mean, I but I think the problem is like there's no relevancy for that in the current social media landscape because I think sometimes like oh I have a thought or an idea about this that I think would be helpful for people like I have knowledge about this we're talking about a public health thing or whatever like this is something I could share with people that would be maybe useful and like Twitter's a mess nobody's on Facebook I I have to put my face on TikTok here's exactly I have to put my whole face there is exactly what you do Sid. You will become so popular for this. You'll be the only person on the internet doing this. You make an Instagram and a TikTok just for you to write Facebook posts like about these things you want to talk about. You write them (laughs) and then you screenshot them and you post pictures (laughs) of them on Instagram or you just like put the screenshots in the little like green screen screen video on TikTok and that's it. (laughs) People do that. I have seen these. I have seen TikToks of tweets. There you go. That's that's your that's your brand. The one who writes Facebook posts and posts them on other social medias. <laughs> I'm almost 40. If this is the direction we're going, I'm going to have to cave and get Botox, I think. 
No. No. <laughs> you want to. TikTok has enough filters. Like I don't really. No one ever looks like themselves. No, it it is. There's like one that just automatically comes on, so you don't even have to have the like guilt of should I put a filter on. They're like, yeah, how about this? You want this? You got to go out of your way to turn it off. How about you just leave it on? That's presumptive TikTok. (laughs) Yeah, and it's called the beauty filter. Yeah. Like, sorry. All you've done is make my face a little bit blurrier. Yeah, it's just that. (laughs) <laughs> I, now really I'm it. worried it's like, like it is it, it's automatically on yeah mm-hmm. have i posted tiktoks with this filter on and didn't know probably, probably. oh <laughs> i'm questioning everything i think about myself i mean it doesn't make you look very different it's like a like an auto enhance kind of like smooths out your skin I, brightens your like under eyes whitens your teeth kind of thing like i think yeah. that's it it's just sort mm. of a soft focus. Yeah. Like, to okay. get, yeah. It doesn't make you look like a different person. Some of them do. That uh-huh. one does not. Yeah, I see everybody's doing that new teen one. Yeah. That shows your teen self. I did that and it makes me look like a literal baby. Well, you, <laughs> you, you still look like a teen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You kind of are. I know you're not, yeah. but you kind of are. I'm basically. I'm in my More teens of my 20s. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways. Well, now I understand social media again. <laughs> I'm glad that we've had this conversation again. <laughs> we've only done to, like 360 sub episodes of this podcast. But for now, we just have to update you on, you know, like ideas. Well, I mean, I really, I, I knew I was going to be lost at sea once Twitter went away. I knew that like, well, not that it went away. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's useless now. But ne- once that happened, I knew I was just going to be like, no, I don't know what to do. <laughs> Well, anyway, music. Lizzie. Oh, Lizzie. Lizzie McElpine. Um, I will share that I like this album. (laughs) I said it. Um, It would be weird if you didn't. (laughs) Actually, here's an album I'm going to make you all listen to that I really hate. hate (laughs) That'd be a twist. No. Um, Yeah, I liked liked several songs. It reminded me a little of uh, Dar Williams. Hmm. Give me some Dar Williams. I see that, vibes. yeah. That's what yeah. I was going to ask you all if there was any uh, other references from previous eras that it that you thought of. I feel like everything kind of sounds like a reference to something in some way at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, there's definitely that sort of like sad indie girl kind of vibe that the 90s mm-hmm. helped us give birth to. Um, it was poppier back then for the most part, but we were headed in this direction. Mm-hmm. Well, and some um, of the slower songs also reminded me of that other, who did, uh, Olivia Rodrigo mm-hmm. that you had us listen to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could see why you like both of them. Yeah. It is very much like, cause Olivia Rodrigo also has a lot of that very poppy stuff, like heavily pop. But mm-hmm. if you like took the more acoustic, slower stuff out of that album that she made and made it like its own thing, I feel like you're right. Yeah. This would be, it would be this. Um, is she young? Yes, I want to say she's only a couple years older than me. Mm. Yeah, I always enjoy that. I like list. I, I I like to look back at the lyrics and um, think about like. Obviously, it's not where I am in my my journey on Earth at this moment. <laughs> I'm much older, but I remember feeling that way. I like reading lyrics written by younger people who are still having those thoughts and feelings that like, I remember that. I I miss those days. 
She is 23. Okay. So, basically my age. Also, apparently her full name is Elizabeth. I guess that makes sense. But she did try to condense her name to be a stage name. Um, just not the, not the last name. I don't. Go ahead. I don't know. I mean, I think there is a bravery in sticking with your given name. Mm-hmm. But I also, it's tricky because there are so many, I feel like there are so many artists competing now with things like TikTok that can you can like immediately gain an audience if you're good enough. Um, there's so many people out there. The need to have a name that is instantly memorable. I don't know. Maybe you that know, has become more pressing. I don't know. That's the interesting thing about TikTok, though, is if that's where you start. And I could be I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that she was already like writing music and trying to make that a career. And then TikTok kind of helped her like blow up and gain notoriety um i if you use tiktok in that way like you have a username that's usually Mm -hmm. not just your full name so like people come to recognize like your little tag there at the bottom of your videos with your username in it and that's what they see and then when you have to translate that to like an artist's name it's like oh do i just do i use my username then that'd be kind of weird do i extrapolate do i use my full name do i come up with something different um, I think mm. in this case, it's like, well, what's going to be most recognizable to people that looks most similar to what they're used to seeing? Mm. It's your full name. Yeah. Um, mm. I think on this one, I do have a favorite that I think I listen to on a daily basis. And there's something about it that I think causes some sort of chemical response in my brain to just like <laughs> immediately be happy. Um, and that's Orange Show Speedway, the very last one on the album. Okay. I, something yeah. about like the even though it's not necessarily like the happiest lyrically like none of them are really happy lyrically mm-hmm. um, and this one isn't but it's just something about the guitar and the tempo and the chorus that I just I can't stop listening to it once I turn it on it's like I've got to listen to it four times in a row if I listen to it once it, it's interesting because you said none of them are really uh, happy ones um mm-hmm. Because sometimes, I mean, you know, like, like with Olivia Rodrigo, like the songs are very separate. Like here is kind of a pop punk song. Mm-hmm. Here is, you know, a very poppy song. Here's a sad song. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this song's about this relationship. This song's about mm-hmm. whatever, like school. This song is about friends. Mm-hmm. All of these songs. And I don't know, because I, I listened to the album several times and like it's I enjoyed all of it. It's lovely. But all of them seem to like sort of circle around like loss and there's a lot of references to ghosts and mm-hmm. sort of like mm-hmm. you know missed opportunities people that i i know that there are specific subjects in some of these songs like yeah i was really touched by what was it chemtrails the song mm-hmm. that's devoted to her father mm-hmm. about her dad, uh, yeah but it, it is that sort of like a meditation on every song feels like the same meditation on themes yes i i think I, that's I, very right yeah I think that's true. I found that I found that to be true too. Not just listening through them, but then like reading back through some of the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that I liked Orange Shows. That was what I was going to say was my favorite. Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't know why. There's just something about it. I just like it a lot. I mean, I like the lyrics too. Um, but yeah, I, I like the yeah, opener I mean, a lot. I like Doomsday. Doomsday. That, yeah. that mm-hmm. is my second favorite. I love that one. Um, yeah. A lot of people, and I'm interested to know what you all think because you all were theater people as well. Um, a lot of people say that she writes like someone trying to write pop music for theater kids. Like a lot of her songs, <laughs> like 
tell a story almost. It's not just yeah. like chorus, verse, chorus, verse, bridge, ending. Like mm-hmm. there's some sort of like evolution in the story or like break from the pattern of the song and then, you know, like a plot twist or something. Um, like in ceilings when that happens, like in doomsday when it's all kind of pretty like low and somber and then you have that little break in that bridge. It's like, I would have married you if you'd stuck around and then it goes back into where it was. Um, and I hadn't really thought about it that way, but I, I can see why people would think that. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. I can see that too from just reading them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can, I can see that corollary where you're telling the story and so that will um and that's risky too because like the the magic of a pop song sort of the reason it gets stuck in your head is the return to form Mm -hmm. usually is that repetitiveness um and if you choose to abandon that there's a lot of risk in that because it's not it's not going to have that catchiness from one listen Mm -hmm. you know that that's what surprised me when when you told me that this was a TikTok uh, mm-hmm. musician because and now like I've heard the ceiling clip that's split, mm-hmm. sped up that I get why that catches mm-hmm. on but like she doesn't have that it's not a bad thing most of the mm-hmm. musicians I, I like also are like this where there isn't like a catchiness to it like I didn't get like a lyric stuck in my head from this I got feelings and ideas stuck in my head yeah I think that's More- what oh go ahead. I was just saying more of like an Ani DeFranco kind of yeah 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 the kind of vibe like meandering like yeah like I it's mm-hmm. it's not coming back on itself yeah yeah I think that's what I like about her stuff coming from TikTok more than a lot of songs you hear get popular on TikTok and then become full songs that are released is a lot of people write these catchy choruses that blow up and then everything else around it is just kind of a repetition of what you've heard on TikTok because they want to emulate what was popular. Mm-hmm. So they just mm-hmm. like extend 45 seconds of what's popular into a minute and a half of what's popular. Um, and I think that she obviously has some of those those sections that are popular on TikTok or like that she started in a video and then expanded into songs. Um, but she doesn't just repeat the parts of it that are popular i mean even ceilings like that part of it that is sped up that's super popular now that's not like the entire song like it's not just Mm -hmm. like that repeated is what you get if you go and listen to like the full three minutes instead of just listening to the um tiktok clip sure yeah which probably distinguishes people who started on tiktok and people who have been utilizing TikTok, you know? I, I think you're right. That's the difference. That was That's a better way to put it than what I was trying to say. She utilized it, but that is not mm-hmm. like how she started first sharing her music with it, other people. It doesn't give me the same vibe as like the Victoria's Secret song, mm-hmm. which, which is played in our house a lot. There's no shade on that song. Like it is played in this house, I would say daily, mm. if not more, yeah. multiple times every day. And now also, when we go to the mall, Charlie, every time we walk by Victoria's Secret, she's like, don't go in there. Don't ever go in there. (laughs) There's a whole generation of young people who hate Victoria. They've never set foot in Victoria's Secret, but they hate it. I I wonder, it's like the the way that, I don't know, I, I hope it doesn't have like a bad effect on songwriting that it's like, you just have to write 60 seconds of something catchy and then when it's wildly popular, you just got to tack on like a, a minute before and after. And there you go. Like this. Yeah. 
That is what I was going to say is I fear it is expanding into the realm of people who are already popular musical artists Mm -hmm. that now are trying to like stay relevant. Um, Specifically, which I like this song and I think it's a good song. I I if you're going to say the exact same one I'm thinking of. I was going to say Unholy. Yes. Yeah. By Sam Smith and Kim Petras, which again, like like it won a Grammy. (laughs) It's very catchy. That chorus gets stuck in your head. For days when you listen to it but it's one that like that 30 second chorus that of sam smith singing mommy don't know daddy's getting like that blew up mm-hmm. so much on the internet and everyone was like so excited for the full song to drop like this is going to be so great and the full song drops and everyone's just like oh the I'm just waiting the for you to sing that part that i like <laughs> yeah like no one takes the time to memorize the rest of it when they go see the performance it's like i can sing along to this part it's like the redux of, I don't know, I remember when like a, a radio song would hit and then you'd get the full album because that's how you mm-hmm. had to buy the song. And it's like, I mean, these other songs are cool, but I really just want to go to the song that I know. Like it took yeah. a while to come back around like and get into the rest of it. And sometimes you didn't. Sometimes it was like, yeah. I don't actually like the rest of this album. I just like this one song. Yeah. Yeah. Which was a shame because back then you had to just commit. You had to yeah. go buy the whole physical thing. Yeah. And accept that, like, well, I'm just going to be skipping to this track every time. Imagine when that was on a tape. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like that still <laughs> could happen rewind. now. Fast forward, rewind. Yeah. Of, like, people releasing singles and you liking a single and the album comes out and you don't really like the rest of the album. But the benefit of streaming is, like, you don't necessarily have to buy an entire album. You can spend money on a song. Um, and you don't have to rewind or skip through. You can just tap your tap your little box and there, there you go little phone box that's tricky that's that's got to be such a rough game to play though because then you do have artists who are creating whole albums that tell whole stories that are fantastic and you really do want to listen to the whole thing as a composition but tiktok is such a useful way to promote stuff i i wonder if that's why this album is very much like i don't want to say they're all the sound the same but they all sound very similar there isn't a ton of like some i mean some like orange show speedway and um all my ghosts those are a little bit more upbeat Mm -hmm. in terms of like tempo and less acoustic but um i wonder if that's why they're all very similar is because people don't usually sit down listen to a full album now but at least if you happen to stumble upon the full album version of like you like ceilings and you find the full album there's like a 90 percent chance the song you happen to play next from that album is going to be decently similar and then maybe you Mm -hmm. keep listening because they're all like what you're used to and what you're expecting Mm. yeah i can see that no it is it's a vibe it's definitely yeah i use that right Mm -hmm. yeah i tried to i tried to first put it on when i was going for a run and i'm like no no i'm gonna just sit down in the grass and like weep softly (laughs) if i try to do this then i like put it on while i was just chilling in my house i'm like no this is good chilling in my house music it is yeah i can i can even turn it on when i study and usually i can't listen to anything with words when i'm studying but this Mm. is like it flows enough it's an it's enough of a vibe that i can turn it on in Mm -hmm. the background Um, no and i always think like like i was referencing i always think it's kind of nice like at 23 i i guarantee you haven't made such huge mistakes that you have to feel all that regret (laughs) I guarantee that you don't have to worry about missed opportunities. You're going to have so many more. Um, but I also, I am not so old that I, I do remember that feeling. Yeah. I do remember that sensation that like, I'll never have a chance to whatever, write this wrong or make up for that or 
get that back. And it's like, oh, I know. Well, I remember that. <laughs> it's like the sweet spot for feeling things because you're so young that like, you know, uh, you, you're you haven't I don't know what you haven't been uh, deadened to life quite <laughs> intensely. So like you can but you're also experiencing significant emotional events. So you can talk mm-hmm. about them in this really beautiful way. And then, you know. When you get older, it's like you've gone through all sorts of stuff that would be great content, but you're just also to the point where you're like, ah, oh, that happened? Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, and it's that you don't, you do not experience like regret and missed opportunities the same sort of bittersweet way <laughs> when you're looking at 40. It's just bitter. <laughs> well, well, it's, I mean, it's, it's good and bad because it's like, you know, when you go through your first like big breakup, your first big loss, it's like, I, how does anyone recover from this? And then when you've recovered from it like three or four times, it just can't, it can't, mm-hmm. it, you know, it can't hurt you that much because you know there's a way out of it, which does take something away from it. You know, like mm-hmm. there is some sadness yeah. to thinking like I can get over ever anything probably mm-hmm. like, but it's also strength. So I don't know. Yeah. yeah. That's why young I like people the, to make us feel. Yeah. The young angsty people music like <laughs> Olivia Rodrigo and, and Lizzie McElfine. I like it. it no, it, that's what a feeling was like. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> They're still in it. It's very, very feeling. Hey, well, Riley, you, you should still be having feelings. You're, you're, you're yeah. still the well, feeling age. Yeah, you're younger than her. I'm yeah, <laughs> barely, but like I'm of the small niche of people that's in professional school while also still very young. So it's kind of just deadened me to anything outside of professional school. So I feel very strongly about law school. I have very strong emotions about how I feel about my life at its current state (laughs) and how much time I spend not doing things that cause me to feel feelings. But (laughs) I don't have the time. Riley really just said, I don't feel things. I'm a lawyer. (laughs) You know, you know what? I stand by that. I could I could talk about that for an hour. We have to sit here and read all these case books of like the worst days of people's lives and then just like talk about them in class. Just like, tell me what happened in two sentences. All right. Now, what did Antonin Scalia say about it? Like, <laughs> I mean, you know, like uh, between like the medical field, the, the study of law and uh, restaurant work. <laughs> it's, a, it's a hard road for feelings in this family <laughs> oh man you're not wrong <laughs> well thank you all for listening to this this is um this is one of my favorite albums of recent times of all like oh, of all thank you time. it was yeah, it was, was i liked it i listened to it a couple times through it was good okay oh, thank you all thank you um sid what's next um well, it's musically adjacent, but it's a movie. Uh, I want us to watch that thing you do. All right. Now, they used to show it on TBS like every other day, but I don't know if anybody watches <laughs> TBS anymore. <laughs> Probably the same people that could read your Facebook updates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, so that's next week. Oh, I'm excited. You all showed me that thing you do once at the beach, probably over a decade ago, and I haven't watched it since. So, Oh, it's so good. I got to watch it again. Oh, all right. Well, that's next week. Um, thank you again, Riley. You guys should check out Lizzie McAlpine. Probably not McAlpine, but no. I just now I'm saying McAlpine because it's just <laughs> we don't know. I like uh, McAlpine. McAlpine is fine. That sounds like a like a little woodsy like creature, right? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, like the, I don't know. Ooh, Something it's a McAlpine. McAlpine. <laughs> I'm thinking of getting a pet McAlpine. <laughs> um. 
But thank you all. You should all go to MaximumFun.org and check out a lot of other great shows you would enjoy. You can tweet at us at StillBuff. You can email us at StillBuffering at MaximumFun.org. And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby Change Your Mind. This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. And, and I, I am too. too. We're over here hugging. Oh, stretched out next to each other, and they sort of intertwined their little. It's like she hugged, and then Amelia got mad and left. <laughs> it's like Charlie and Cooper. Yeah. If you have trouble falling asleep, try sleeping with celebrities. Tell me about your view of of succulents. I'm not a I'm not a huge fan. It's a different kind of sleep podcast. There are some real benefits to parking illegally. Featuring remarkable guests and unremarkable topics. There's two Orlando airports. From the creator of Depression Mode with John Moe, it's Sleeping with Celebrities. Every week on Maximum Fun. Nighty night, sleepyheads. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.